Hi, this is Nick from Volume 1, and the brand new Volume 1 podcast was made possible by Royal Credit Union, Chippewa Valley Eye Clinic, and DebraBecker.com, offering State Farm Insurance. Hello, Chippewa Valley. Hello, Wisconsin. Hello, America. Hello, Earth. Hello, Internet. Welcome to the Volume 1 podcast, Episode 1, baby. We're here. My name is Eric Christensen. I'll be your host uh, on this here adventure, and it's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I want to first introduce uh, the producer of the pod, founder of Volume 1, Nick Meyer. How's it going, Nick? It's going well, Eric. I'm excited for your performance here today. <laughs> it is a performance. Yeah, we've, been, we, we've been talking about this forever. Seven or eight years we've been wanting to do a podcast. We waited for everyone else to start theirs first, and then we could just jump on that bandwagon, and uh, here we go off on that ride. And yeah. we are we are we are distanced. We should say that yeah, we're all socially we're distanced appropriately. Um, <laughs> and we should also mention too: we need people to, to we need people to listen to this thing and mm-hmm. maybe watch it too. So please, if you like it or if you hate it, hate share you know hate share it if you need to. <laughs> hate but, share, but share it, uh, review it, uh, and I think a one star review helps us more than no review. So so get out there True. And, and do it. <laughs> yeah, review it. Review it if you didn't like it. I mean, we have we had a little test episode that went pretty good. You know, worked out all the kinks and now there's going to be no problems whatsoever <laughs> for the rest of this whole thing. It's going to go perfectly flawless, smooth sailing from here on out. Uh, but it's an exciting time of volume one. I mean, this, this podcast is a part of sort of a grander relaunch throughout the entire organization. What's uh, that on your table? This there? is, <laughs> I'm glad you asked Nick. This is the brand new, uh, issue of volume one, completely redesigned, just six months of, of work put into this thing. <laughs> Uh, and it's looking awesome. Feeling really good about all the new changes. So they can pick that up out there. They can also go yep. online at volume1.org. There's a whole new website there and everything too. Looking uh, great. So more Very stuff. slick. Yeah. Lots of yellow. Hope you like the color yellow. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, we have a, a fantastic show planned for y'all. Uh, later on, we'll be talking with the executive director of the Pablo Center. Jason John Anderson will be here. Uh, later on in the show, we'll have a spoken word piece called Thick as Thieves from the city in Eau Claire's new writer in residence. His name is Ken Zemanski, and he'll be here later on. And now to kick off the show, we've got two of my favorite people in the entire world here. Uh, joining me for today's panel segment. Uh, first, she's a writer, a uh, jokester, trickster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the director of operations and partner at Odd Humans in downtown Eau Claire and the community coordinator for the Midwest Artists Academy. Sarah Jane Johnson is here. Thank you. Yay. Welcome. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> trickster. <laughs> and even further to my left, uh, he is the digital services and marketing specialist over at the Eau Claire Public Library. He's my former coworker. And he's the Grammy-winning drummer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Mike Paulus yeah, is here, that, everyone. That's me. I would like to add that I have I have come to take names and change games. <laughs> he's going to bring his drum set next time, but he oh. forgot it at home. Uh, but, yeah, thank you both for being here. Uh, thank you. And for being the spice to my sauce. Oh my I really God. appreciate it. Awesome. So let's get into it. Uh, I get, we're going to start the panel segment here. Got uh, some hot topics for you uh with a hot chili pepper over the, here yeah mike knows all about uh hot stuff <laughs> <laughs> keeping it hot yeah <laughs> have you all driven down water street lately have you seen this like water street is looking completely different these days and no i'm not talking about the hordes of drunk college students outside of sheenan's during a pandemic yikes 
I mean, who could have predicted that? Uh, but, <laughs> but there's tons of little developments happening on Water Street. It's kind of cool to see. Uh, Guppy's Pizza is gone. Oh, no. <laughs> the building is demolished. It's an empty hole. Uh, the goat got a little facelift, mm-hmm. looking fresh. Uh, there's a huge new apartment-looking building between the goat and brothers, and perhaps most notably, a street-level gasless quick trip in the Aspenson. <laughs> Mogan in the Aspens and Mogan's Someone had to bring it up. Such a good idea. Someone had to bring it up. No gas, just uh, glazers and booze. So, Mike, let's start with you. Uh, <laughs> glazers or dunkers? <laughs> I gotta go for the dunkers. Dunkers. Yeah, glazers are way. too light and fluffy. They disappear in my mouth. They're too flaky, right? I don't need all that glaze all over. Sarah, glazers, dunkers. Um, you know, I'm gonna. I'm from Lacrosse. I'm gonna have to go glazers. <laughs> I also don't eat donuts that much, oh, so okay. hot, hot take. <laughs> have you been in there? Have you been in the new Quick Trip? No. Oh, you? it's cool. I went in one time. Oh, you did? For this podcast What'd you specifically. Get for <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, I got a Colt 45. <laughs> <laughs> they, that have that, they have that in Cafe Caruba? They got the Colt 45? <laughs> no. Is that for they your do, birthday? They do have self-checkout there, which is kind of cool, though. Oh. I don't know. They, but they still have to check your ID and whatever, so that's good. <laughs> But yeah, the I mean the ground level of that it's a residence hall. I guess less student housing there, but uh, the ground level has always been uh, it's been mostly empty since since it opened. I mean, there's a BMO Harris Bank there, but it was also rumored that you know that that part of the building was going to be the new just local food for a while. I think. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, or just a grocery store, which I guess kind yeah. of. And that <laughs> in you know, a way that fizzled, and you know. Now it's a quick trip. So I, I don't know. It's a complex it's a thing. It's a quick trip grocery store, though. Yeah, you I know. I think that place is a gold mine now. It's going to be so busy. <laughs> yeah, that, which is great. You, all, you definitely want to be busy during pandemic. That's <laughs> Are they going to have other businesses move in and just pare down their services to just a couple of things? <laughs> like maybe Ray's is going to move in there with just an all-they-service hot beefs. Just beefs. Just a big crock pot or, of self-serve hot beef. Or they start serving plates in their ho- or they start serving food on plates and their whole image is just like, oh. they sold don't, out. Don't do that. <laughs> they sold yeah, out. Really big the plate. Napkin. The napkin really makes mm-hmm. a break suit. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's weird. You can't really get. I mean, the the grocery store would have been cool. I guess you know, Quick Trip is is good for that. But it's not. You know, just local. I think would have been ideal down there. Yeah. Um, but you know, and Quick Trip is from across, so it's kind of local, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Sure. Okay. Fine. I thought the first Quick Trip was in Eau Claire. Uh, whatever. Maybe. Don't quote me on that. We're throwing out all kinds of maybe facts. I think it's lacrosse, but maybe, I think everything started in lacrosse. You know me. Yeah. I, I started there. <laughs> everything else did too. <laughs> uh, is this setting a precedent for other non-conforming quick trips? You know, like, mm. like could we do a space-themed one somewhere? Maybe like, like Pizza Planet? Yeah, maybe do like a, a Frank Lloyd Wright-inspired one yeah. at Big Falls or something. I think that At Big yeah. Falls. Uh, Harry <laughs> Potter quick trip. Yeah. Either way, you know, Water Street, a lot of stuff happened there during a pandemic. Arguably cool. too much happening, too much. <laughs> happening during a pandemic. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, so, okay. Whoop, whoop. All right, that's a, it's just a sound effect that I made up. But uh, <laughs> whoop, whoop, hot trend you alert. You think you made up this. <laughs> yeah, that's your hot trend that. sound? Hot trend alert. This year, uh, three different places in the Chippewa Valley now have axe throwing. Yeah. It's oh, a very yeah. trendy thing. For those that aren't familiar, that's where, um, you know, you, uh, you throw axes at the <laughs> I wall. I am familiar, yeah. 
I'm yeah. really I've good at it. it. I've seen it. <laughs> Action City hopped on the trend right away. Uh, the Stout Craft Company in Menominee used to be Stout Ale House. They have axe throwing there. And there's a whole business in Eau Claire uh, called the Ironside Axe Club. So, hmm. I mean, sa- okay, Sarah, I'm going to throw this to you. What do you think? Are all these axe You're going to throw an axe at me? I'm going to throw an okay. axe to you. Oh, my God. Are all these axe throwing places just preparing us for the apocalypse? What's, what's the mentality there? Well, you know... <laughs> In my, when you ask me that question, my mind is, so if we're preparing for the apocalypse, are there enough axes to go around that that's how we're preparing? Where do they get the axes, too? I mean, is yeah. all the Home Depots in the area just are out? Hey, you know what? I'd go to an axe-throwing place. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Lift a couple of those boys up and give them a chuck. That's what I'd go to. Give them a chuck. <laughs> uh, they'd have to talk to me again, so I don't know. We'll see. It's kind of a gimmick, you know, like the, like a gimmick-based sort of business i guess like the escape room thing or like mm. there's those businesses in other cities like rage based bu- businesses where you just <laughs> pay to go in there and smash light tubes oh yeah I would, I would like to see a gimmick business that that furthers humanity and so mm-hmm. i'm thinking you know you've got axe throwing you've got hammer schlogging you've got all these like leisurely sometimes drunken things that involve tools yes. so maybe this tool-based lux, you know, leisure businesses can can team up with like Habitat for Humanity. Oh, yeah. so you go out and you grab some brews with some buds, and you you put you frame up a house. Hey, a are house. you going through something? Create a birdhouse. Yeah. this Saturday. Yeah. Get some Jaeger bombs and put in the, the floor joists. It's a win-win-win. Yeah. It is all based in like, so it's sort of this masculinity stroking thing, right? Like, like there's got, I mean, there's got to be more to that idea. Like maybe there could be a business where it's just like building bonfires or mm. like lacing up $400 boots, you know? Lacing. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how it started. That's the scary part, right? <laughs> yeah. Where it's yeah. like, whoa, oh, this is really fun. We should really like monetize <laughs> throwing a weapon inside. Yeah. Inside. Where, where, where people are drinking. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the stout, the stout craft place has like 18 beers on tap. Yeah. So it's like, gives you that, that precision that you need, you know, when you're. When well, you're I know well, I'm with darts. I, the more I drink, the better I get yep. until the worse I get. Yeah. So you guys got to know when to stop. Have you thrown an? Have you done the axe throwing? Yes, it's oddly satisfying. Yeah, it's even if you don't hit it, it feels great. <laughs> I would highly recommend it. Yeah, we Were went you, to action. That was right before you left uh, Volume One, right? We, that's right. We that's went to. We did a little staff bonding yeah. by uh, violently left, throwing. He left to pursue it. And yeah. it just <laughs> pan out. It did not pan out at all. <laughs> yeah. no. that's too no, bad. It's hard to be a pro axe thrower. I can just. I feel like I would. Uh, Throw out my back more yeah. than throw an axe. Throw the back. That's what would happen <laughs> for me. I don't know. I don't think I could do it. Maybe. Yeah. You know, you don't want to injure yourself, and that's the whole thing. But you do want to be you drunk wanna, enough where you but don't you feel it. But you want to injure the wall. The yeah. whole thing is you don't want to injure yourself. That yeah. sounds fun. <laughs> it's like life. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, some. Uh, let's let's <laughs> talk about some uh, some hard news. We can do that on here, right? Hard news. I'm up for it. I could do uh, it. <laughs> It's sort of hard news. Uh, the housing market in the Valley has been absolutely insane right now. Like tons of people are snatching up houses, sometimes within hours of them being listed. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like a pretty unique situation. Right? I, I think normally there's like, there's a spring rush, but because of the pandemic and whatnot, like that got pushed back to now. But like in July alone, home sales like across the Valley were up uh, by about like 25% around that. Like just crazy amount of houses going. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, 
you know, <laughs> that is a lot. yeah, they're selling it's like, like a quarter uh, more. <laughs> they're selling like Travis Scott Air Force Ones. <laughs> you know what's what's up, fellow? Te- I'm, is I'm that a that McDonald's thing? <laughs> no, oh, it's a shoe. Uh, <laughs> so you guys, you guys both own houses, but I'm still renting. Like, am I am I doomed to rent forever? I, <laughs> we both look at each other like I don't know. Oh, what's owning your a house what's doesn't your make you for? an expert in real estate. Okay. <laughs> That's what at, I was but assuming. Yes, you this are, whole time. You're doomed in many ways. That was the only thing holding me back. Is like I don't. <laughs> I look at Zillow every single day. Really? I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I love looking inside of homes. If your windows well. are open, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. If it's Christmas time, Yikes. show me your. I'm looking in your window. <laughs> well, every house on my block seems like it's got a sign in front of it. So yes, I do like to go online and look inside my neighbors' houses. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is I feel I feel like there's been a lot of specific neighborhoods that have had a lot of mm-hmm. houses for sale too. Yeah. But I think for renters, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's ebb and flow, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that it. I think right now it's kind of weird. I feel like it's. I wouldn't have thought that during a pandemic, housing sales would have been up. But maybe people are like, "Oh, gotta invest." I think a lot of people are looking <laughs> to change up their living situation. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is, I think more people have been at home more. Yeah. So then they're like, "Oh, I want to pay, oh, but I'm I can't." Sick. You know what I'm I mean? Sick of this Give me a new house. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't I'll, do it anymore. Ha- having, I've known some people who have sold their house in the pandemic here, and they have to like completely sanitize their entire home between every showing and every yeah. open house. And that amount of work alone would stop me from wanting to move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm too lazy. Too much work. Yeah. Sorry, kids. We <laughs> can't move. Dad's lazy. It seems we, I mean, it's like maybe, yeah, it'll be the ebb and flow thing, but maybe this is kind of like a new, maybe it won't, you know, it could stabilize. Maybe it'll just keep going like this and then housing prices could go up or I don't know. There's a lot of demand right now. Basically. I can tell you this, that my husband's, thoughts on what our house value is changes by the minute because of the housing market right now so one day he's feeling wow. really good and then the next day he's like i don't know maybe if we put in you know fourteen thousand more dollars we can do th-. and i'm like right. what are you talking about what is this <laughs> so anyway i don't think he's doing okay with it but you know we, you know we talk a lot about like trying to get people to move here um but maybe you know, with the market the way it is, maybe we should start a campaign to get people to move away. Get out of here. Yeah. Like get out. <laughs> the get out of the no, valley no. campaign. Like who wants low cost of living in good schools? Like go move to Portland. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think this place is great? Let me tell you something. Yeah. Or move here and keep moving around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't get too comfortable. Yeah. I'm waiting for them to build a lighthouse somewhere that I can just be the attendant. You of. have to have a large body of water for a lighthouse, Eric. I mean, we got those. The Chippewa. Lake Wissota could have one right there. No, sonar hand. What, I'm not going to get Put one at the con- a lighthouse at the confluence. I think that would be sick. You want to live in a lighthouse? I do. I do. I just watched yeah. that movie, The Lighthouse. It was very good. Willem Dafoe. Wisconsin native. But <laughs> Wow. Nice. I think it'd be cool. Good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna grow. I'm starting to grow my beard out now, so that I'm ready when they build. Or I'll just build the lighthouse. I myself. know who you live with, and I don't <laughs> know if they would want to live in a lighthouse. But okay, I'll live in a tower. <laughs> I think you're underestimating that. But uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, all right, y'all. I think that'll about do it for the panel site. Wow, thank. That went by so fast. You really you so ripped much. open the real estate market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hot we takes. really analyzed it. We really dove. We're gonna deep. get some calls from realtors. We I have know all it. the answers. Mm-hmm. We did it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you, thank, thank you, Mike and Sarah again for joining us. Uh, thank you. Do you do you Sarah? Do you have anything to plug? Let's do that. Uh, Midwest Artist Academy. You talked about that earlier. Um, applications for that, sorry, applications for that start October 1st. Um, so we're hoping to get a lot of people applying for that. Um, Odd Humans, 
I work there. It's pretty cool. We're open on Saturdays and probably other days soon. Um, so shop there. Cool. That's it. Oh, uh, that was two plugs actually, but I'll I know. let it slide this time. <laughs> Mike, Sorry. anything to plug? Oh man, you know, libraries are fun for everyone, <laughs> mm-hmm. and reading will make you better. So you should come to the library. Awesome. Thank you guys both so so much for being here. Uh, we'll be right back with Jason John Anderson. All right, Nick, let's talk about one of the sponsors of the Volume 1 podcast, Royal Credit Union. Oh, right on, because Royal Credit Union has been a very long-time supporter of Volume 1. They've been the, the very first and consistent uh, sponsor of the Sounds Like Summer concert series that we do in Phoenix Park. They did all of Volume 1's business loans and to build out the local store. I worked with them for so many different things, but really more importantly, they have led the way in downtown Eau Claire as far as redevelopment. They were the big corporate citizen that made Phoenix Park even possible by making that first investment. And I really just can't say enough good things about our Royal Credit Union, to be honest. Of course, of course. That's all great, Nick. But today I want to tell you about a bunch of things you may not know about RCU's auto loans. Like an automatic loan? Like that sounds amazing, especially right now. Uh, No, I I think I mean like automotive, like cars. Oh yes, of course. Cars. (laughs) Yeah, I've had a couple of those loans there too. Sure. Well, their loan decisions are made fast within the following business day. You can fill out their easy online auto loan application to get pre-approved for a loan and be all lined up before you even go to a dealership. Even before you get there. Yeah, it's (laughs) amazing. And of course, they offer great loan rates that you can find on their website along with available options on their website at rcu.org. Well, Eric, I imagine all of this is subject to credit approval, though. Of course. Well, of yeah, course that, it is. that's great. So not only is RCU an important part of this community, like I said, but they are also an important part of getting you into a new car. Learn more at rcu.org. Welcome back to the Volume 1 Podcast. Thanks again to Mike and Sarah for helping out with the first half. Nick, how's, how's it going so far? How I think we're doing, doing okay. We're, we're stretched out. We're doing warmed right. up. We're, we're limber and lumbered. Totally warm. What are we? We're something. We're something. We're, we're feeling good. I want to introduce our next guest, a uh, very, very special person. Uh, he's the man responsible for all of the colorful lights in downtown Eau Claire. Uh, he's the production director for the Boston Calling Music Festival. Uh, he used to be Bon Iver's production manager. He helped as production director for the Eau Claire Music and Arts Festival here in town. He's a Chippewa Falls native and a caretaker of his family farm. And currently, he is the executive director of Pablo Center at the Confluence. Please welcome to the show the very talented Jason John Anderson. There he is. Wow. Hi, guys. Thanks Hi for here. being here, Jason. Hey. Thanks, Eric. I'm out of breath. Wow. Yeah, it's a long... And that was, I think, maybe a tenth of the, of the, of the <laughs> yeah. resume. Yeah, that was, that was the short version. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, you're a busy guy, always doing stuff around town, and you're incredibly good looking. Like, come on, man. <laughs> that is not fair. Obviously, obviously, you're doing it all, but, okay, if you had to choose, would you rather be successful or good looking? Ooh. Uh, successful. <laughs> okay, well, it's easy for you to say. <laughs> Good looking only lasts for a few years, I think. And it's always in the eye of the beholder, right? Right, so. right, right. Well, I'm happy to behold. Um, uh, so how do you do it all? I mean, I got physically exhausting reading your bio, and you're the one actually doing the stuff. So, like, where? I mean, do you meditate? How many hours of sleep are you getting at night? Uh, well, most recently, as we go through COVID, right, probably like four <laughs> hours of sleep, I think is the, <laughs> yeah. is the average. It's a two to six kind of sleep window. Uh, 
You know, it's, it's interesting. I, as you read that, it's just what we, we do in the community, right? It's, it's been about something comes along, somebody needs to pick up that, that torch and carry it or make something happen, and, and you do that for a while. Mm-hmm. And at some point, a lot of things get added on to one another. Yeah, you pick up too many torches, though, you're going to start to burn yourself. <laughs> Correct. Or, so are you, are you hanging in there? Knows something Can, about you, that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I, my hands are so charred. Right. And I, I, you know, Nick, you and I have connected about the, like, how do you set down things or ensure mm-hmm. that they carry on without you? And that's, that's truly how we move things forward. I, I think um, no one expected what COVID would do to the entertainment industry, the hospitality industry, or, or the, the greater community or, or country as a whole, right? Uh, and so as we've moved into tremendous lobbying efforts, I had no idea what I was signing myself up for when, when I thought Neva was a great idea. Uh, but it, it, there is no other path to save the people who report to you every day or who are helping make this vision come true. And so that's a pretty motivating force because the reality is you're staring at the ceiling fan spinning anyway. So you can either get up and do something about it. So you brought up the Neva thing there. Tell tell, us what that's about. Yeah. So Neva National Independent Venue Association started between First Ave, 7th Street Entry, uh, Dana Frank, who's owner uh, and CEO there, and, and Gary Witt, CEO of Paps Theater Group in Milwaukee called me the end of March and said, hey, we, we really think independent venues uh, need a voice and we, we need to work together. Uh, we all have common goals. Uh, so Pablo Center was one of the first three. We're now 2,600 members across all states. and, and uh, That's amazing. And, and really just an incredible lobbying effort uh, across the country in support of independent venues and, and the workers who, who call those places home. Is there traction on it all at this point? I mean, like it's everybody's making noise, trying to save themselves, save their industries. Do you feel like you're getting somewhere with this? I know there've been some, some bills and things proposed, but where are we at? Uh, great question. Uh, currently, and, and anybody who saw it yesterday, Senator Baldwin signing on to the Save Our Stages and Restart Act, two acts that, that we've helped author and been supportive of since they got started. Um, they're sitting at a point where we have 37 senators signed on, and, and we had three more signed this morning, so we just broke 40 awesome. senators. We're on our way to 50. Uh, feeling like there is something in that legislation that if a deal is reached in Washington, D.C., that independent venues and their workers are going to benefit and the artists who call them home, and that's ultimately the, the goal is that we're here to fight another day. So uh, what percentage of your time right now is, is Pablo-specific, and what percentage of it has to be towards that bigger effort, which also helps the Pablo in the end? Like, How are you spending your time? It's all connected. Yeah, it, it, it's like super every and much of what you read off everything's interconnected right you mm-hmm. can't be immersed in the community and not be connected in in reality to that there's probably a solid six hours a day that's dedicated just to neva right now and neva initiatives primarily because the senate came back into session yesterday and so like all hands back on deck but that's happening uh either before or after the pablo work i mean we started our learning pods this week and a number of other efforts going internal to that building and uh, i would say downward managing an organization of the size of pablo center and what it means to the region is way more effort than manages positive cash flow right it's way more challenging when you're figuring out where where does every penny go and that's not to say you don't mind the store when you're doing well but it it is super challenging uh if anybody who owns a small business who's had to to pay attention of how are you making payroll each week uh that takes a ton of time effort and, and diligence and it's a mess. I mean, when you had one full season and then what, like two thirds of a season sort of that you were able to get through and then got cut off. So, I mean, so early in the process, mm-hmm. so many hopes pinned to the play. I mean, it's just like how many more barriers can you set up, you know, for a place to, to succeed or fail, like, like what the Pablo's facing right now. Yeah. And it, it's, it's even more so here in this community for what 
Pablo Center or the Confluence Project meant to the region, right? The three of us sitting here, we, we know what it, it went through to come into existence, but the community was just starting to understand, like, what, what is the ultimate success? How does every dollar that's spent there on a ticket equal $12 in the surrounding community? What's, mm-hmm. what's the multiplier effect? And, and to Nick's point, like, hey, we had one great year. We, we posted revenue into the second year, and we, we had just surpassed the total number of guests in the building from our first year at the start of March, and then March 13th shuttered because of COVID. And you're like, man, how do, how do you do that? And your revenue stream goes from, hey, 25 to 30 shows a, a month that are positive cash flow to no cash flow. Mm-hmm. And we've sat there for five months. What small business can exist with no dollars coming in and um and the reality of looking forward to being like hey that's tied to a vaccine or that's tied to to the health department sort of guidance to us and and ensuring the public stays safe uh that's the unknown right i can't tell you when we're going to open we can hope that it's january so you're you're managing cash flow and expectation yeah there's no way to forecast right now it's a mess it's an entire mess that that there is no crystal ball sure so you you had to pivot really quickly as well i mean like pablo is one of the first people in town to announce like hey this is serious we're closing like it's gonna have to happen now and you know you've taken that time to to pivot into other ways not only to make your you know the own the the pablo itself survive but you know you're advocating for venues all over the state all over the country that are in the same exact predicament so yeah it's great i mean it's 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 a testament i guess to your work ethics still that you were able to pivot that quickly and and actually make make some stuff happen rather fast after having this crushing news. Well, I mean, it was one of those things in February when when we saw travel restrictions, right? Because that impacts entertainment industry Mm -hmm. instantly because now your artists who are routing internationally, can they actually get here? And so that flagged us in the entertainment industry, like something's up, travel's interrupted, we should be preparing. We should, we should make a path. And so we, we made a path, but I had no sense, Eric, that, that when we closed in March, like that I'd be sitting here five months later and we'd still be closed. It yeah. was, Hey, we'll be closed till June. What are we going to do in the summer? Mm-hmm. Uh, not still closed. Yeah. So lots of stress. So let's maybe shift away from that for a second. I mean, what, awesome. how do you, how, you know, what, what do you do personally? I mean, okay. You have a, this family farm, a century farm. I mean, it's been a hundred years operating. What's yeah. the deal with the farm? Tell uh, us about that. So, so I grew up, uh, just, uh, East of the Lake Wissota State Park and the Melville Century Farm, which my, my grandfather and great grandfather had, had founded, and and the folks, uh, you know, it, it's it's been split up. But my brother and I caretakers to that incredible space, and uh, that is my getaway. That's my slice of heaven of of escape and go and and just reconnect with with outdoors right there's something about sitting on a john deere tractor uh putzing around a field that can fix just like the country about. song says you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you got you got your tractor and the, the white picket fence and and there haven't been a 4-h kid and and getting i mean that was my connection to drama to music to art was was through 4-h that's mm-hmm. right i learned photography and that's so, cool. uh, so all of all of that being a rural kid is what what drove kind of the passions in life that tie to what what the current career ended up being and the farm's the anchor to all of that that's the place that life gets really screwy or gets turned upside down and you know when i left for for grad school i hadn't been back in a decade and, and taking the job at uw eau claire for me was a oh i can come home and mm-hmm. spend time with the family i can see the farm i haven't seen in a while and just get grounded i'd spent a lot of time in major metros and i hadn't you know, you can't find a lot of grass, uh, and, and standing in the middle of an alfalfa field really changes that perspective or, or having the cow come grazing up to you. Uh, you're like, Oh, 
yeah, life's simpler here. <laughs> One thing I think is kind of cool about you, I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of people that hold, you were at the university for a long time and, you know, held some positions there and you hold a job at a, at a you know, art center or whatever, but you really, you do get deeply involved in the community in a bunch of different ways through like, yeah, the lights on the bridges and all those sorts of things and these, these other ancillary sort of things. So you're involved in a lot of stuff. You're actually making the community better in a lot of different ways. And you've been to a lot of different communities with some of these touring things and stuff like that and seen different things and places and stuff. What do you wish that this community had since you're kind of in a position to actually make some stuff happen. I mean, what are other things that you'd like to make happen or see somebody else, you know, grab that torch and make it happen? That's, that's the incredible question. Cause ultimately for a community to be successful, it's what does the community want? Sure. Right. And in some ways uh, I, I would love us to see what is the longer range plan that the community chooses to do? Because in some ways the greatest thing about Eau Claire is our size and the fact that we, we don't wish to be a major Metro. We have, mm -hmm. we have a lot of the Metro experiences at, without the Metro lifestyle or the Metro commute at this point. And so what, what I would love to see is where, where does Eau Claire want to go? Where does the Sun and Tag Center take us as, as that moves forward uh, on Menominee Street? Are we going to light all the bridges? Are we a city of bridges? Are we going to start facing bridges? Are we going to embrace the rivers? Or are we going to stop halfway through? And I, I would respect that we're somewhat tied to that in that, like, hey, is Pablo going to continue to be successful? I'm going to tell you it is. It absolutely, I can tell you from a number sense, it it proves its point. Mm -hmm. it, it can make revenue. It's not going to be a tax burden to this community. Uh, and the goal is, like, let's keep moving that forward. So what are the next projects? And, and how does the children's museum's desire to move north here into the North Barstow District uh, change that for us and, and make positive things, man? Like, <laughs> There's going to be all kinds of things to put lights on <laughs> in a couple of years. Exactly. But that kind of leads into, uh, you know, this thing we wanted to do. Uh, you were the driving force, obviously, between a lot of the lighting projects in downtown Eau Claire, putting lights on bridges and on the Pablo itself and in the plaza. And it all looks... Looks very cool. I, I, I'm going to throw out some other places in the valley, and I want you to tell me whether or not we should put lights on it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Banbury Place. What do you think? Yeah, that sign should be lit and super cool like the Hollywood sign. Like, why yes. is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. It we'll gets lights, yes. <laughs> okay, the, the Craig Road McDonald's. <laughs> No, I don't nah. think so. I think no, they've got plenty of lights, don't they? <laughs> they do. All right. Uh, Lake Altoona. I don't know how you do it, but I mean, might be cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if more people could see the hydro dam of Lake Altoona, I would mm. give you the like, yes, light up those old turn of the century industrial buildings. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Um, the pickle. Oh man, we need a neon green <laughs> glow around that for a number of reasons. <laughs> I mean, nobody really wants to see that place in greater detail, but I see what you're saying. I mean, it gets late at night and you're trying to find it. Like, I, yeah. you know, I'm just not incandescent. Like, let's let's make it neon. It might be yeah. better if you just didn't find it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about the Forest Street Cemetery? You know, might brighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> it brightens the mood, but does it take away the meaning of a yeah, cemetery? Yeah, there was yeah, a respect okay. issue there, I think. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, Carson Park Stadium. Well, I don't know where you live, but I can tell you from my view up on the, on the Northwest Hill, I can find Carson Park when it's lit up at night. Right. So. So no necessary. No, no. not necessary. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Thank you. We, maybe uh, maybe some, some people on city council are listening and they can make these projects happen. Agreed. <laughs> the Craig Road McDonald's. I'd like to see it, but let's move on. <laughs> uh, okay. I think uh, that's a nice transition into game time. Jason, are you Ooh. ready to play some games? Oh, I'm down. All right. Let's hit it. We got game show music. Can you see? Uh, we have three quick games for you, Jason. Testing your Chippewa Valley know-how. For each game you win, a nonprofit of your choice gets a free ad in Volume One. Pretty cool. Uh, 
So tell us who you're playing for today and why. Oh, so we have Feed My People who uh, talk about an incredible organization. Suzanne yeah. Becker does such a great job out there. And, and you know, it just happens to be Stamp Out Hunger Days. So so all everything's lit downtown orange uh, in support of Stamp Out Hunger. So they're at the top of the list Fantastic. Uh, for me. Uh, and then... I'm I'm already forgetting who we who we put on the <laughs> list, so we might need them. Well, that's a good. That's a good. One. With, yeah, with the, all all the games list. will be for that one. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that would be good. So we're playing for Feed My People Food Bank. Fantastic. All right, it's round one. So round one is a game called Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee, right? Ooh. And so this time we're doing the parks edition. So I'm going to say the name of a park, and you're going to tell me which city it's in, Eau Claire Chippewa Falls or Menominee. If you get six right in sixty seconds, you win. Wow. <laughs> okay. okay. So, ready? Let's start the clock. Phoenix Park. Eau Claire. Riverfront Park. Eau Claire. Incorrect. It's Chippewa Falls. Casper Park. Eau Claire. Incorrect. It's Chippewa Falls. <laughs> Wilson Park. Eau Claire. Correct. Uh, the other Wilson Park. Eau Claire. Incorrect. <laughs> There's two. There's one in Menominee as well. Uh, Wakanda Park. Menominee. Correct. Archery Park. Ooh. Chippewa Falls. Incorrect. It's Eau Claire. Demler Park. Eau Claire. Correct. Lake Menomen Park. Lake Menominee. Yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> and Irvine Park. Chippewa. Correct. How many did we get? I think he got six. Plenty. Plenty. He got six. All right. Congrats, I can't believe Fred. I didn't get Riverfront. I mean, Jackie <laughs> Booze is going to That's embarrassing. Me, it's embarrassing. It, it really is. Oh, the son of Chippewa a... Falls dropped the ball. I thought that was uh, a and, softball. And, and all the work spent on that park. Uh, oops. <laughs> all right, great. That is that is one free ad for free my for Feed My People Food Bank. Uh, let's move on to round two. Round two is a game called Do the Dishes. Now we're cooking. This game is called Do the Dishes. I'm going to say the name of a dish from a Chippewa Valley restaurant. And you have to tell me what restaurant that dish is from. Good gravy. <laughs> it is best three out of five. Which restaurant <laughs> has good, good gravy? They all do. Uh, best three out of five, no time limit, and you get multiple choice. So you get a 50% chance that you'll get it right. All right. So there's five of these. You have to get three right to win. Got it. All right. The first one, hot giz poppers, which are fried chicken gizzards served with barbecue sauce. Is it... Altoona Family Restaurant or Randy's Family Restaurant? Randy's Family Restaurant. Correct. All right. The Fresh Prince, which is a sandwich with roast beef, cheddar, pepperoncini, oil, vinegar, and garlic aioli. Is that from J. Ray's Deli or Eau Claire Cheese and Deli? Eau Claire Cheese and Deli. Incorrect. Oh. It's J. Ray's. All right. The Jerk Burger. Oh, uh, Mogi's Pub. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, it's a jerk season burger with avocado, pepper jack cheese, and pico de gallo. Slightly different twist. And it's from is it's a Menominee restaurant. So is it from oh. Log Jam or is it from the waterfront? Do, 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 the do, jerk do, do. burger. Uh, Log Jam. Correct. Got two right. All right, let's keep going. He <laughs> needs to get one more. This right. Next one is the Gigante Meatball, which is a big meatball. Uh, <laughs> is that from Za Fifty One or Cowboy Jacks? Za 51. Correct. All right. That's three out of five. He wins. Man, two ads for female people. We should make these games a little bit harder. That's what we're learning. Uh, <laughs> no. And, and, and guests shouldn't answer early. Yeah, well. <laughs> you're doing All right, fine. round three. 
All right, round three. So speaking of harder, <laughs> round three is a game we like to call Who Wants to Live in Altoona? Oh. Now, it's kind of like a, a who wants to be a millionaire thing, but the stakes are much, much lower. Uh, <laughs> Nick, let's give him some pressure music. We're going to put it on this time. All right. So here's how it works. You get three impossibly hard questions about Altoona, and you get four multiple choice answers. And you have to get all three questions right to win the final free ad for Feed My People. But you get three lifelines, okay? Well, we'll do 50-50, where I'll take away two of the incorrect answers. We'll do 10-second Google, which means you have 10 seconds to Google it. <laughs> and the last one is phone a friend. So you can put them on speakerphone next to the mic if you need to phone somebody to help out. And all these questions are about Altoona. So are you ready to play Who Wants to Live in Altoona? I'm ready. Fantastic. Question one. How deep is Lake Altoona at its deepest? Is it A, 12 feet, B, 18 feet, C, 25 feet, or D, 32 feet? I would like to Google. (laughs) All right. 10 second Google. Let's put 10 seconds on the clock. How deep is Lake Altoona at its deepest? Start the clock. Eight. Oh, seven. seven six. six. We're just counting it. Five, five. Four. Three. Two. One. Okay. Did you get the answer? Uh, well, it said 175 feet, which makes me think it's the wrong lake. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> Google, yeah, yeah. Google let me down. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a uh, tough one. <laughs> I'm going with D. 32 feet? Yeah. Ooh, that is incorrect. It's going to be C. Oh, yes, it was C. Maybe you should have used the 50-50. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, technically you lost the game already, but let's still play because it's fun. <laughs> uh, question two. Which of the following Green Bay Packers Hall of Famers is from Altoona and had the Altoona High School football field named after him? And these are all real names, by the way. Is it A, Francis Jug Earp, B, Fred Fuzzy Thurston, C, Bernard Boob Darling, or D, John Blood McNally? Oh, I say we 50-50 this. All right. All right. I'm going to say uh, it's not Bernard Boob Darling, and it's not John Blood McNally. So it's Francis Jug Earp or Fred Fuzzy Thurston. Ooh. You know, I'm wishing I lived in Altoona right now to, to know this answer. Don't we all? Uh, Thurston is my response. Final answer? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm afraid of it. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Fuzzy Thurston. Fuzzy Thurston. I didn't know that was a... Re- yeah. Nick was familiar. I didn't even know the name. I, I, I almost went with Earp just because it sounded cool. All right. Final question. Uh, question three. Rump's Butcher Shop... You might know, opened its doors in downtown in Altoona in October of 2014 and has since been dishing out locally grown meats to people all over the region. What street is Rumps on? Is it A, Lynn Avenue, B, Bartlett Avenue, C, Spooner Avenue, or D, Hillcrest Parkway? B. You don't want to use your final lifeline? B. <laughs> Going B. Final answer. Final answer. 
Incorrect. It is Lynn Avenue, not Bartlett. Too bad. Should have did the phone a friend. <laughs> Should have did it. Maybe <laughs> next time. That'll be fun. Wow. Thank you for playing Who Wants to Live in Altoona. Oh, so that's two out of three games two one. Two out of three games. Two free ads for Feed My People. Feed My People. That's amazing for thank a you. great cause. Nice work. <laughs> thank nice you work. Guys. All right, Jason, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I hope you had a good time. Thanks for playing our games. Do you have anything you want to plug? Nothing whatsoever other than... than uh, other than everything. That other than uh, <laughs> just be involved. Be, be engaged in your community. Help, help make it a better place. And uh, don't, don't harass those who are really trying. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again. Uh, folks, we'll be right back with our literary guest, Ken Zemanski. All right, Nick, we've got a sponsor to tell folks about, Deborah Becker of State Farm Insurance, you know, at DebraBecker.com. Yeah, okay, a little insider info here. When we decided to create this podcast, the very first business we wanted to check with for sponsorship was Deborah Becker from State Farm, and that's because she is always up for the new, the experimental, and anything that she thinks is good for the people of Eau Claire and the Chippewa Valley, and she has supported so much stuff from Volume 1 over the years, new publications and community events, uh, videos, really just all kinds of different things. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not just Volume 1 either. I mean, it's the entire community. I mean, they're pumping money into community projects like the Boyd Park Plus, the Sculpture Tour, uh, concerts, art installations, just so much stuff that the entire community can share. Yeah, it's cool. And that's the thing, because to some degree, to people like us, we're just lay people, insurance is insurance. We don't know the difference. So I don't. sometimes you pick your people based on who shares your values in a community. Who do you think is making some cool things happen? And for us, that's for that volume one anyway, that's Deborah Becker with State Farm. And it, it's pretty cool to work, actually work with the people that are sponsoring oh, the podcast. Totally. Deb and Casey there at State Farm, they have their office right downtown, right on Barstow Street. They have everything insured that, that Volume 1 does, and in my life, for a bunch of years. Uh, and really, they're just approachable, available, understandable, and above all, they're just decent human beings. And that helps. <laughs> it does help. Uh, so if you need insurancey things, please consider visiting DebraBecker.com. Welcome back to the Volume 1 Podcast. Thanks again to Jason John Anderson for stopping by. Coming up next, a practical joke, stolen property, and the fleeting whims of young adulthood. Our literary guest today is an English teacher at DeLong Middle School, one of Volume One's first ever contributors, and he's now the City of Eau Claire's writer-in-residence. Please welcome to the program, Ken Zemanski. Thick as thieves. We had nothing to lose. We were four UW-Eau Claire guys living on Water Street, sharing a friendly rivalry with four female students who lived a block away on Menominee Street. One evening, bored, some of us went over there and yelled, Hello? Hello? As we entered the house. No one answered. No one home. This left an opening for some harmless fun. What should we take, one of us asked. We quickly considered possibilities. Their silverware? Light bulbs? Then someone said it. Let's take the couch. The idea was so ridiculous that we immediately took action. Each of us grabbed a corner and stuffed the couch through the front door while barking contradictory commands, laughing, and occasionally dropping a corner. Once outside, the four of us speed waddled the couch down the street. Despite the enormous contraband, we tried to look inconspicuous, looking down, avoiding eye contact with neighbors, taking the alley. We finally collapsed with it in our backyard and worked on the next phase of the plan. They'll come straight to our house looking for it, one of us said. We tossed around ideas, needing to do something before they got home. The basement? Someone's room? A couch simply cannot be hidden. Then someone said it. 
the neighbors. Some guys who played baseball for the Eau Claire Cavaliers lived next door. Their living room consisted of a TV and some lawn chairs. Perfect. The Cavalier guys weren't home, and apparently people in this neighborhood never locked their houses. So we charged it in like a battering ram, set it against an empty wall in their living room, and then ran home. A short time later, we heard the women stomping up our porch steps. At casual, someone said, as we sat watching TV. Okay, where is it? One of them demanded. Where's what? One of us asked. You know exactly what we're talking about. Where is the couch? What? You lost your couch? We know you took it, they said, and rummaged from room to room. As they marched upstairs, one of us yelled, Do you remember where you left it last? The rest of us muffled our laughter. When they realized it wasn't in our house, and we were enjoying this way too much, they stormed away. A couple of angry days passed. The act eventually wore thin, and we finally led them to the Cavaliers' living room. Those guys, lounging on the couch and watching TV, looked disappointed to see it go. The feud between the houses turned out to be a clumsy, thinly-veiled form of flirtation. One of the guys from our house and a woman from their house eventually got married. Now, they own rental properties together. They live in a two-story home with a comfortable leather couch. It's funny how adulthood slides into place, like the easy turn of a high-quality deadbolt lock. Nick, look, you have glasses. I have glasses. Mm -hmm. So many people in the world uh, have glasses. And you got to take care of your eyes. I mean, how are you going to see the beauty of the world? And so where in the valley are you going to take care of your eyes best but the Chippewa Valley Eye Clinic? Right. As you might recall, they suffered a fire to their Eau Claire facility last fall. uh, And I happened to drive by shortly after that. And it was a mess. It was really too bad. Uh, But they have since relocated to temporary facilities on Oak Ridge Drive. And that's back behind the new Marshfield Mm -hmm. Hospital. They plan to build at their original Damon Street location in the meantime. And so despite all this, Chippewa Valley Eye Clinic continues to offer amazing eye care uh, to the Chippewa Valley. And Eric, I think you have the list of everything that they do. I do. Uh, Let's see. Routine exams for glasses and contacts, cataract surgery, treatment for glaucoma, macular degeneration, eyelid drooping, LASIK, and And I think they also recently added a couple of new doctors. Yes, an ophthalmologist, Dr. Spencer Morton, and an optometrist, Dr. Abigail Ritchie. And you can call their office at 715-834-8471 to schedule your appointment. That is Chippewa Valley Eye Clinic. Seeing Seeing the the future. future. We made it through our first episode. Uh, thanks for sticking with us, folks. I, I want to thank our sponsors one more time. Uh, DebraBecker.com, selling State Farm Insurance, Royal Credit Union, and the Chippewa Valley Eye Clinic. Thank you for your support. Uh, big shout-outs to our guests on the panel, Sarah Jane Johnson and Mike Paulus. Thank you again to Jason John Anderson for stopping by. And thanks to our literary guest, Ken Zemanski. We're doing these monthly, so please click subscribe, share the pod, tell your friends. Uh, This is a whole new adventure, uh, so your early support, really, it means so much. Uh, And if you have any and all feedback, you know, good discussion topics, game ideas, people we should have on the pod, literally anything, you can hit me up directly at my email at eric at volume1.org. Thanks to Nick and Joel and Alex on production and tech. Thanks to Mackenzie for the designs and branding. Thanks to Chase for sponsorships and everybody that contributed to this thing. We could not do it without you. I'm Eric Christensen. Thank you. And we'll see you all next time.